once again, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are listening to us. This is The Unmade Bed. Not even sure what episode number it is now, kind of lost count. It's something or other. 12 or 13. Anyway, I'm Adrian, uh, and as usual, I'm joined by my wife, Bree. Say hello, Bree. Hello, Bree. Um, so there's been a little bit that's happened in our lives since we last spoke to you. Firstly... On the positive side, uh, Bree went to a music festival in Melbourne. The downside of that is that she brought COVID back with her, and she went down first, and then I went down second. Yes. But let's start by talking about the music festival. Its name was? It was the Good Things Festival. Mm-hmm. It was three or three odd years in the making. That It was meant to be on... Was meant 2019. To be 2019 or 2020. 2020, yeah. And... Got postponed and then postponed, mm-hmm. and then finally uh, was on again. Mm. Was that at Flemington Racecourse? Wasn't Flemington it? Racecourse, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what bands did you see? You don't have to give a, you don't have to give a uh, pricey of all of them. Just your highlights of the day. Oh, look, um, look, I was primarily there to see a band called Sabaton. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabaton's a, a, band, a power metal band. Yes, we discussed this. We did discuss couple of weeks this ago. probably. I yeah. think in one uh, <clears throat> one previous thing that um, yes, they're mm. they're a power metal band who who uh, sing songs about uh, history or military history in particular. Mm-hmm. So that was uh, that was really good. We got up the uh, close to the front for for Sabaton. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they were given quite the respect they deserve. They got a 45-minute set ah. um, as opposed to some of the other bands. So mm-hmm. we went high up on the, up and up on the bill. Mm. Yet, um, no, it was still um, <clears throat> worth the uh, mm. worth the wait and mm. worth, the, uh, worth the entry for. Yeah, and Tism dusted off the old gardening clothes and had a crack. Yeah, had a, had a listen to Tism, which was... Uh, they still got it? Well, it was... Um, yeah, it was it was a it was a good show. Yeah. It was their first show back in in many years. Although they they'd apparently done a couple of warm up shows, but just kind of secret, under yeah, a secret okay. sort of set secret name. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, it was very good. Even though they didn't they didn't actually perform my yeah. my favouritism song, which is which is I might be a cunt, but I'm, I'm not, not a fucking cunt. cunt. Um, <clears throat> but you know they did close with defecate on my face. So okay. you know swings and roundabouts. Yeah. Um, as far as the festival went, in terms of food options, shelter options, um, yeah, look, it was, it was a good comfort f- options. Yeah, it was like a, it was you know it was it was a sold out festival, so it was quite heavily populated. Yes, um, and the, as per the, the common complaint with with a lot of festivals, is the the cost of food and and drink was a, a bit on the high side. Mm-hmm. Um, for example. You know, once we got in, we paid six dollars for a can of drink. It's a uh, soft drink, that is. Whoa! So <clears throat> that was a little bit excessive. Although we did, we did after that find someone who was selling a can of soft drink for four dollars fifty, which seemed like a blessed relief. Six bucks. That's like MCG level. It's rorting. Pretty, pretty rorting. Sort of shit. I mean, the, it, but I mean, com- and even compared, you know. A, bucket of chips kind of thing was about ten dollars eleven dollars or something like that it was it was very high of course i mean the alcohol drink alcoholic drinks were high priced but that's nothing to be expected that's also to be expected but Mm. um but you know it was it was pretty good um actually one of the the highlights was they had a um a, a big tent set up which was great to get some you know 
relief from the the sun. Mm-hmm. And within the tent, they had a band doing uh, karaoke, like live live band oh, okay. karaoke. Although I, I put my name in, but I didn't get get picked. Get picked. Get a call up. But it was still, you know, it was actually still kind of cool to watch a few other people get up and do some excellent karaoke while we were sitting there, you know, having a bit of food and mm. and having a bit of relief from from other bands and things. So an excellent idea. And you know, look, compared to Sydney, Melbourne's seems is a generally better place to 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 have a music festival because agreed. We had trains going going there, trains going back. Um, the, compared to in Sydney, Sydney's always eighteen plus when whenever there's alcohol involved yeah. and there's all, uh, police sniffer dogs and yeah. all sorts of things going on. Melbourne was great. You just went straight in. Mm. There was no searches, no n- nothing like that. In you go. Mm. Um, you know, apart from the high price of food and drinks. Other than that, it was a pretty good festival. So and you know. Having not yeah. been to a festival for for a few years, it was certainly a good return. Well, there's, um, I mean, they've just reopened. That's the sound of a cat knocking things over on a bedside table. Um, they've just finished rebuilding the football stadium next to the SCG. Yeah. And of course, now that they've got the light rail running past it, they're saying, well, you know, we'll be able to do something similar. Of course, light rail vehicles don't carry anywhere near as many people as a train. That's correct, yeah. Yeah, but they made their bed, they can lie in it. Yes. Yeah. Right, so Brie got back on Sunday around lunchtime. I went and picked her up, and everything seemed perfectly normal. Well, almost everything. I, oh. I, I did have a I did have a slight sore throat, but I had put that down to the fact that I was... Yelling. Yelling. I was at a music festival yes. previously, and... Spending time with friends and talking a lot, which are you know a lot more than I normally would mm. would talk because you know when I'm working I avoid talking to people mm-hmm. as much as possible. Mm. I was I was slightly hoarse, let's let's say. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I didn't, yeah, I didn't quite put that down to anything until that became a little bit more, yeah, uh, sore throatish. By Monday afternoon, you were sort of on the downhill slide. Yeah. Tuesday morning, I had to go out and get uh, some uh, rat tests to to bring back to breed to have one, and we all know what happened then. Yeah. Yes, it was uh, it was not, not ambiguous in any way. Made yeah. it very clear clear that she had COVID. Um. So, what else did you, you got? A runny nose and that, didn't you? Um. Not so much running, but I guess a bit blocked and yeah. just sort of generally um, mm. that and yeah, the the sore throat. It was the sore. It was everything was about the like you know the 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 runny nose or the slightly stuffed nose could have been was not not much compared to yeah the sore throat a very very sore throat. You were largely through it by what Thursday of last week? Yeah, two three days. It was yeah largely through it. Yeah, so um. I did the right thing by working from home because the last thing I wanted to do is pass it on to all my colleagues at work who uh, hadn't had COVID except one person who had. Mm. Um, and I, I tried to do the right thing by putting on a mask when I was kind of in an area that we both occupied. Yes. But uh, clearly that was not enough to... Well, it worked okay until Friday. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actually not sure whether that was that was 
maybe making things worse by, you know, maybe I should have just, just left it and yeah. got it over with and, and spread it a little bit quicker. Yeah. Um, so I, I did a rat test on Tuesday when you went positive and it was negative. Um, started feeling a bit worse by Wednesday heading into Thursday. That's when you said, just go to town, get a PCR test and, you know, rule it in or out. So I went and got the PCR test. And, of course, it came back the next day and it was an equivocal yes. result, which means there were traces of COVID there, but they weren't sure whether it was or whether it wasn't. Yeah. And I'm not sure where the PCR test, you know, during, I guess, the, you might call it the heyday of COVID, of yeah. COVID if it was tr- a trace amount of COVID, they would have said it was positive yeah. or, or not. I'm, I, I don't know that for sure, but it seems like... They're a bit less. I didn't even think equivocal was an answer. No, I did. I thought it was either yes, yes or, or no. no. Either there was some some COVID antibodies in your system, or mm. there wasn't. Yeah. Anyway, things really started turning south on Friday, um, and by Friday evening, around this time last week, actually, uh, took another rat test and ping straight away. Um. Yeah. Look, the worst thing about COVID for me was the sore throat. I don't know how bad yours was, but mine was the worst sore throat I have ever had in my entire life. I am not kidding. Guys, this was this was literally me waking up in the middle of the night and crying because it hurt to swallow. It was just out of this world. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Mm. Yeah. Then to add to that, for some reason, although it's known to be a symptom of COVID, my taste buds went completely off the dial. It's not that I couldn't taste anything, it's just that anything I tried to eat tasted like it had been roasted, you know, in a pot with chilies. Everything, I'm not joking, I went and got an icy pole at one o'clock in the morning, stuck it in my mouth, and then I had to let the rest of it melt in the sink because I could not possibly lick it. Because it tasted like it was a chili pole. Yeah. So that really wasn't much fun at all. Yeah, no, I, I didn't get that. Yeah. Um, I actually got really hungry and wanted to order pizza, so I mean, a little bit different. But we ordered pizza, by the way. We did order pizza, so. Yeah. 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 So, um, <sighs> look, obviously, there's going to be people listening who may be on the skeptical side of the fence when it comes to COVID. Um, I think all I can say is having had four shots, the original two and two boosters, I would hate to catch COVID without any vaccination behind me. It yeah. would, you could, I could quite easily, it was quite easy to see how the, you know, the coughing and the lack of breathing or lack of breath and that kind of thing could very quickly overpower a person um, with a, a weaker immune system so if you haven't had any of uh, your vaccine boosters yet um, I would encourage you to go out and do so Mm. Mm. now the other thing that we can talk about this week I was doing a little bit of research earlier oh research research yeah Um, it's not really a thing in Australia but it is in the UK, it's which song gets to be the number one single at Christmas time. 
Now, once upon a time in the UK, it was a really big battle between all sorts of bands and singers and that kind of thing. Then Simon Cowell came along with X Factor and uh, British and uh, British Idol, um, and he basically it was no contest, obviously, because the screaming tween girls would just go out and buy whatever shit was pumped out by One Direction or um, who's that guy that's always miserable, James James Blunt? No, not James Blunt. Um, <laughs> James Arthur. Oh. Yeah, stuff like that. So it's always been a big thing in the UK. Remember a few years ago now that there was actually an online campaign to get Killing in the Name of by... um, Rage Against the Machine. Thank you. That was just a COVID fog there. To get that to number one. And they managed to succeed one year. Yes, they did. Um, So I think after that, Simon Cowell started to realise... He maybe needed to back off, otherwise God knows what song was going to end up being voted into uh, number one for Christmas. Not a big thing, though, in Australia. So it got me looking, what actually has been the Christmas number one single going back a couple of decades? And some of them you might find quite revealing. Are you ready? Sure, let's go. All right. The number one song at Christmas time in 1980 was Joe Dolce's Shut Up Your Face. What's the matter, you? Yeah, what's the matter, you, eh? <laughs> uh, 1981, the number one song was Down Under, Men at Work. Yeah. Doing okay there. 1982, Musical Youth, Pass the Duchy. Okay, yeah, sure. Because, you know... Past the duchy on the left hand side. For Christmas yeah. is, is not a bad idea. It was a good idea. 1983, All Night Long by Lionel Richie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, 1984, uh, that was just when Madonna was just breaking open as an artist. Mm-hmm. So Like a Virgin was the number one song in 1984. Yeah. Ironic for Christmas. Give a little bit, yeah. In 1985, it was Midnight Oil with the Species to Ceces EP. You know their song, Here Comes the Hercules? Vaguely, but yeah. not, yeah. Yeah, it was a four-track EP. Hercules was like the lead single. It was number one for six weeks, believe it or not. Okay. Uh, 1986, Pseudo Echo with Funky Town. Okay, you know, fair enough. They actually took over from John Farnham, because You're the Voice had been number one for like nine weeks, and they managed to bump John off in Christmas week. It's very Christmassy. Very Christmassy. 1987, yes, it was Rick Astley, never going to give you up. Yeah, well. Yeah. Moving right along, uh, 1988, you're going to hate this one, was Don't Worry, Be Happy, Bobby <laughs> McFerrin. Yeah. Could have been worse. Number two this week, back in 1988, was uh, Kokomo by the Beach Boys. Yeah. Which was about to go to number one. Number three was Phil Collins' Groovy Kind of Love. Okay, yeah, that, now we get So it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 1989, the most famous gaffer tape ever used in a music video, Sure, If I Could Turn Back Time. Mm-hmm. It was a big, big hit. Uh, 1990, it was Drag Out the Tissues because it was the Righteous Brothers' Unchained, Unchained Melody. Melody, yeah. Yes. Patrick Swayze proving that it is possible to root and be a ghost. Yes. Mm. 
1991, the number one song was Michael Jackson's Black or White. Mm-hmm. Which had, of course, a really... It was the most expensive music video ever made at the time because it had all that sort of live-action people's faces morphing yeah, and that kind of thing, which, of course, now you can do just at home on your computer. Sure, yeah. But back then it was tens of millions of dollars to run to... Uh, put that one together uh, 1992 it was Whitney Houston I will always love you mm. no further comment no unless you want me to start singing no <laughs> although we have to move past 1993 really quickly because it was Brian Adams with Please Forgive Me one of his songs that I really hate yeah yeah no redeeming factors about it uh, 1994, number one was the Cranberries. Zombie. Zombie, yeah. Yep. And interestingly, Mariah Carey was at number two with All I Want for Christmas. Uh, that was the first year it was out. It starts. It starts. <laughs> it starts back there. And then we'll finish in 1995, the number one song, the recently departed Coolio, Gangster's Paradise. So it's quite an eclectic mix of songs over the 15 years from 1980 to 1995. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. There's certainly not a Christmas theme going on, let's just say, which is very different to today's Christmas charts. Yeah. With I guess with streaming and, and everything, it's uh, today's streaming, ch- today's charts is up. Uh, yeah. Aforementioned Mariah Carey. Um, I think there's been a few other yeah. Christmas songs, like Last Christmas makes a comeback here and there. I don't know that mm-hmm. it's ever quite got back to got to number one. But, mm. uh, well, you may have noticed there was an absence of Band-Aid Do They Know It's Christmas in there mm. because it actually went to number one after Christmas. Mm. It was actually the number one song of January 1985. Yeah. So, yeah, we were just a little bit late to getting copies in from the UK. What are you looking up? I was just, look, <clears throat> being a Mariah Carey fan, uh-huh. which, uh, I, I know that All I Want for Christmas Is, is You went, uh, it was never number one when it went when it first came out, Correct. but it has since been number one in on the Billboard charts, I believe twice mm-hmm. at least. It can't be number one. Sorry, no, yeah, let me just have a look here, it's actually... It's actually hit, no, now hit number one on the Billboard charts for the fourth year in a row. What, this week? This week. How can there be anybody that doesn't own a fucking copy of that song? Well, see, but see, it's not about owning a, the song anymore. It's, it's about streaming. going on Spotify or Apple Music or, or whatever mm. and, and streaming it. But again, I mean, you know, given... It's, it's funny, given... The backlash against all of them, you know, mm-hmm. um, people go, oh my God, I don't ever want to hear that, that song again. Mm-hmm. It's clearly dwarfed by the number of people who go, oh, it's Christmas time, mm. let's put Mariah Carey on. All right, so humour me. Where's All I Want for Christmas on the ARIA chart this week? Uh, on the ARIA charts, it's, uh, uh, it has it, it was there or thereabouts. Um, Surely there's got to be something from Harry Styles or... Look, someone that's 
keeping it out of number one. I haven't seen this week's chart because it was out without today. So let's just have a uh, have a little look here. Just talk amongst yourselves at home while, while they, you're listening. While I Google stuff because there was certainly uh, look, it was certainly being held out by. Uh, Taylor Swift particularly ah. for some time and if I look at this week's charts guess what's number one? Oh, she hasn't done it again has she's she? She's done it so this week's number one Fuck 50 single for the for the week of 19th of December 2022 is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You It's just it's just nuts I mean that's just that song is going to ruin charts for years to come because the number one song of Christmas will always be Mariah Carey. Yeah. She's about as reliable now as Santa Claus when it comes to delivering on the Christmas goods. Pretty much, yeah. I would say more reliable because you can always count on hearing Mariah Carey at Christmas time. Yeah. Whether you want to or not. Exactly, whether you want to or not. Yeah. But uh, actually, the, actually the number two song is uh, somewhat more surprising than the number one song. Is it Taylor Swift? It's not Taylor Swift, which is what's surprising. Is it a song which has been to the top of the charts before? Yes, it was number one last week. Number one last week. And it's not by Taylor Swift? It's not by Taylor Swift. It's not by Harry Styles? It's not by Harry Styles. It is, in fact, by Sam Smith. Oh! And uh, Kim, Kim Petras or Petras or whatever. Yes, yeah, so I've been hearing that occasionally out and about. Yeah, oh. Yeah. Um, Taylor, Taylor Swift has actually been relegated to number three. Oh. Um, and however will she cope and number six number six is in fact Macarena Christmas no it would be Last Christmas by Wham by Wham alright made it up to number six do they know Christmas has got to be in there somewhere uh no uh, uh, the next Christmas related song is at number eleven and you, you may guess who it's by if I say it's a male artist it's Paul Kelly's How to Make Gravy? No. Oh. The other one. The other Paul Kelly song? No, the other male Christmas art. It's Michael Bublé. Oh, God. (laughs) Uh, Oh, God. And then number 12 is also a Christmas song, uh, which is... This is uh, Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree by Brenda Lee. I think I'm having a COVID relapse here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, number 15 is also a Christmas song by uh, the little-known artist Ariana Grande. Uh... <laughs> number 19 is a Christmas song, which is Jingle Bell Rock. Who by? Bobby Helms. So it's, it's one of the older... Oldest, yes, old, one of the classics. The classics. Yeah. Um, and then... There's not any Elvis in there anywhere. There's no Elvis in there. Uh, the Beatles never did a Christmas song. And then the next Christmas song at number 36 is once again Michael Bublé. So, oh. <laughs> you know. It's like the people just checking their taste at the door on the way into December and just... Oh, <laughs> I'm having a really hard time processing this, folks. Having COVID and all that sort of news dumped on you in the same week is just... So what's the number one album, then? 
Is it a Christmas album? No, it's not. And uh, you're going to take a second guess. Well, it's Midnight by Taylor Swift. It is then. Midnight by Taylor Swift. Yeah. And uh, somewhat sad, sadly, uh, Australian Frog Calls, which was number one next week, has dropped down to number three. Australian Frog Calls? Okay, you haven't been keeping up with the news, have you? Last week, the number one album for Australia was a song of Australian called Australian Frog Calls, which is literally, as the name implies, a record of uh, frog songs. You're fucking kidding. No. You're not. You're not kidding. I'm not kidding. So who's it actually by? Who's putting it out? Who, what name is it under? It's Australian must... Frog Calls by Songs of Disappearance. <sighs> it's like a time warped into another dimension where the world has lost its fucking mind. Frog Calls. Frog Calls. That's got to be kids taking the piss, doesn't it? Um, or is, is it a sign of how many records you need to sell these days to get into the top five? I got a feeling that it maybe have a lot more to do with it. I mean, Triple J's not playing it ironically or something like that. Oh, look, possibly. I don't, you know, nobody, nobody, including me, listens to Triple J anymore. Yeah. So. so it's no music. It's just Australian frog calls. As far as I'm aware, yes. All right. I'm going to look into this, folks, and get back to you. <laughs> We can't just let that go through to the keeper. No. Makes you wonder what other Australian animals they can go and record. Mm. Mm. But yes, in the album's charts, we've got uh, Jimmy Barnes and Michael Bublé and Andrea Bocelli also with uh, Christmas albums. Uh, yeah. uh, while Paul Kelly's new uh, new Christmas album, album um, is at number 12 after... Um, oh, it was actually... Sorry. The Frog Song was number one last week. I think Frogs was a bit earlier, but uh-huh. Paul Kelly was number one last week. Right. And dropped straight down to 12. Okay. So. And um, just to, you know, just to shit with everybody, Rumours by Fleetwood Mac is at number 14 because, you know. Yeah. There's been... Uh, I guess with Chrissy, Chrissy, uh, Christine McVeigh's passing, passing yeah. um, there was some... Uh, yes. Some renewed interest in Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Okay, well, before we finish tonight, I, I just want to marvel at what I'm seeing here on my bed at the moment. It's two cats, which normally can't stand to be next to each other, that have been having hissing fights on and off for the past 24 hours, are now laying in basically the same spot on the bed, and they're perfectly comfortable. Yeah. 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 It's just one of those weeks, I think. Yeah, they're happy to have a snooze right there um, on the dressing gown mm. um, because they couldn't decide who gets the dressing gown, so we're sharing, sharing. apparently. Yeah. All right, well, I'm going to go and have another drink of water to try and stop my sore throat from uh, making a comeback. That is it for this week's episode of The Unmade Bed, assuming that we're not recording one next Friday. You never know. We may record one next Friday. We may record one next Friday. Coming up to Christmas? Yeah, okay. Actually, we'll record one next Friday and I'll report back about Australian frog songs. That's all right. That's very good. That's, all right. That's got a homework assignment right there. Okay. That's something for this week. All right. Well, it's a uh, good night from me. You can say good night, Bree. Good night, Bree. And that is all for this 
rather odd episode of The Unmade Bed. (laughs) 